praise God in the highest places of heaven. If you're joining us right now, we apologize for the delay this morning. We had some technical issues with our live stream service, but that's okay. That's okay because we're here now. The, um, the power of distraction is the enemy's tool to pull you off your path that God has put you on. And you can be in your Zen with the Lord. And when the enemy strikes, if he can take your focus, he can take away your walk. So be cognitive of that. When you feel that blurry focus, that frustration, just take a deep breath and remember, I'm not falling for that devil. I've been here before. You start laughing it off. But I want to give you my passage, and we're going to pray for a couple people before we are seated this morning. This is week three of our series, Meant to Move. We talked about week one where God is a boundary breaker. And just to clarify, we weren't saying to go break a bunch of rules, people. <laughs> we were saying that God will stretch you among the boundaries that you're used to in your spiritual life. He'll stretch your spiritual boundaries to see him, to see people, to see his word differently than you've seen before. He'll give you revelations and expand the boundaries you've kept captive in your spiritual walk all this time. And then in week two, last week, we talked about that the church has been named with purpose, that each one of us has a purpose. Discover God's perfect plan made just for you. You have been named with purpose, so the entire body of Christ, which is us, has been named with purpose to uniquely establish the image of Christ into the world. So this week, I want to go to Acts chapter 13, verse 42 through 52, and we think it's reverent to God and his house to stand for the reading of his word. So we encourage you to stay standing as we read these nine verses. It says in verse 42, so when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. The Gentiles begged, the non-Jews begged that the words that were preached to them, that the word might be preached to them the next day, as the Jews left the synagogue. They knew the Jews had something that they wanted. Verse 43, now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Please give us the word. They were hungry and they said, please give us the word. And so by the grace of God, they did. And it says on 44, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together. The whole city joined online to watch one seed church online the whole city because they were starving for god's word that's not what it says but that would be cool wouldn't it it says on the next sabbath almost the whole city came together to hear the word of god but when the jews everybody say the jews saw the multitudes they were filled with envy that's a that's a shame envy and contradicting and blaspheming they opposed the things spoken by Paul. Here they are, God's people now opposing God's words being spoken because they weren't being spoken to them. They were being spoken to the Gentiles. Then Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, but since you rejected and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we're turning to the Gentiles because they're starving for the word. And who should forbid that we not give 
meat to those who hunger and thirst for the, for the word of the Lord. And it says for, for 47, for so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you on a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth, not just Israel, not just Jerusalem, not just the ends of their local region, but to the ends of the earth. Now, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as have been, has been appointed to eternal life, believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up and the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them for the, from their region. They said, get out of here. We don't know you. They disowned their own people because they were giving the word beyond the boundaries of what they thought God intended with his word. But they shook off the dust. Everybody say, shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. Be careful. I might post that clip later of me singing that to Taylor Swift two years ago. It was bad, but it was funny. Maybe funny. haha. I don't know. Hopefully, if you see it, you'll laugh with me and not at me. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them, and they came to Iconium anyway to preach the good news. And the disciples in Iconium were filled with joy, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. The Bible says when you receive the Spirit of God, there's an infilling, there's an action that takes place. They were filled with this. Something happened, and the Jews weren't going to stop it. No one's going to stop God. Why are P. Diddy songs popping in my head right now? No, we can't stop now. You can hate me now. No, we don't stop now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Chesterfield Jeffy rolling in the 240. Little P. Diddy, a little B.I.G. Just keeping it spiritual, folks. Listen, before we are seated this morning, I want to give you my title. The title of today's sermon is Battling the Blessing. Battling the the blessing and why I have you standed. We have a couple very important prayer needs. All prayer needs are important, but I felt God was calling me to address these specifically this morning. We want to continue to pray for Nick Clark's father who is struggling and battling cancer. And we believe that God can change the whole scenery, the whole, the whole atmosphere for his dad into a positive one. We pray that he doesn't keep suffering, that he can overcome this battle, that God will remediate this sickness. And we're going to pray for him in a second. And then I don't want to be selfish, but I, I do want to pray for my own great aunt. My aunt Fran Russo is 92 and she's been confirmed with COVID-19 and she's actually doing pretty good. But this COVID thing's real, folks. And when it strikes your own family, you go, okay. It's not just on the news. It's real. And she's 92, and she is the life of the party, just so you know. Even at 92, I'm sure she's tearing up that hospital right now, keeping them all awake, getting them together. Can I get an amen on that, Michelle? Because Michelle knows her. She is a sweetheart. She's the sister of my grandpa that I always talk about. And so we just want to pray right now. If you all could stretch forth a hand and bow your heads and join together in agreement with us right now. God, we pray right now that you touch Nick's 
Father God, cleanse his body like a leper come clean. Remove this awful, ugly disease that the world say is too strong. But God, you say nothing is too strong for me and what I can do. I am the Alpha and the Omega. And if you call on my name and ask in my name, I will do so accordingly. God, remove this awful disease. Let him go into the land and tell what great things you have done. Bring peace to the whole family. Bring peace to Nick and his mother and his siblings and his friends and everybody surrounding his father and let them all have peace and comfort knowing you are in the center of their storm. God, we ask this in your mighty name. God, we also ask in your mighty name that you touch all those suffering right now with the coronavirus, that the devil's trying to interfere with our flow and scare us into being terrified to do anything. But God, we know the devil is a liar and he's the father of it. And we pray you touch all those sick with COVID right now, that you touch Fran right now. Let her come home and tell the world how God touched her, how God cleansed her and that her presence in the hospital was to send a message a word of the Lord through your anointing that others might know you God we pray this in Jesus name that she comes back wholeheartedly healthy and strong and ready to go conquer tomorrow we ask this and we believe this and we agree by saying in your mighty name if the house of God could say in Jesus name amen you may be seated Again, we apologize for the late start this morning. With much technology um, disposal at our fingertips, at our disposal, excuse me, comes much, much responsibility, and sometimes there's issues, and we're just thankful we were able to get it, get it online and, and do that. Some of you heard that we were postponed. We were supposed to meet back in church next Sunday, but have no fear because Jesus is here. It don't matter if it's next Sunday or if it's next year. God forbid, either way, we will endure. Somebody wrote me on email this week, and they said, don't worry. The church has been standing for 2,000 years. I thought that was really good because I said, that's right. That's right. It don't, it don't have to be the way we see it for it to thrive, for it to grow. And God is doing great things in this season, so we are going to wait it out and we're gonna let it happen God's way, and it's gonna happen, so be excited. But as we, as we get delayed, uh, don't worry, it's gonna happen. It'll be over before you know it, and we'll be back together, air-hugging it out from six feet away. We'll be air-hugging it out, high-fiving it from six feet away, or we'll have security have to tackle you. Sorry about that, it's just for the benefit of the church and your health. Well, we might not tackle you. Battling the blessing. Contradictory, right? Why would you battle a blessing? Have you ever found yourself in a transition that you think people would be so happy about for you? In fact, many of them maybe has encouraged you to take a step of faith. Just take a step of faith and see what the Lord has at your, at your feet. And when you actually did it, they went silent on you. It's like you were encouraged to move, but nobody really thought you would. You know, it sounds good. It all sounds good to be fired up in church, but when you actually live your life out believing the will of God and standing out as a leader for Christ, people go silent on you. And that, that feels contradictory. Like, why would that be? And it's so important to note that anytime you step out from the crowd, 
is sad, but jealousy and comparison in this comparative culture will ensue. I mean, look at the way we live on social media. We are always comparing. And sadly, some people would rather you stay like them so they don't have to feel the pressure to better themselves. It almost feels like everyone starts talking about you and, and no longer is talking to you. Has anybody else ever felt that or is it just me? Am I the only weird one? Has anybody ever felt that? Michelle, have you felt that? Cameron, have you felt that? You do something good for God and all, the, all of a sudden people are, Cameron, can you believe he lives for Jesus and he means it? And then nobody's texting you anymore. It's the worst. That's not true necessarily. I was just joking. To quote Biggie, Yes, we quote him here, for the rephrased for the benefit of the gospel. Mo blessings, mo battles. If you want that melody, like the more blessings we come across, the more battles we see. Okay, I know that's going to make your week right there. The enemy would love nothing more than for you to blend in with the crowd. But the body of Christ was meant to move in a way that uniquely, everybody say uniquely, establishes the image of Christ into the world. The body of Christ is not supposed to blend in. Then what makes you different? You're supposed to show something different, uniquely establishing the image of Christ into the world. You know, we're not of this world, we're just in it. That's what that means. They're hating on me for being blessed. But let me tell you today, when you receive the blessing, you can endure the battle. When you receive the blessing, you are then able to endure the battles. But the problem is, it's frustrating. It's frustrating that when you really go out on a limb for God, you become isolated. It don't even have to be for God. Even if you go out on a limb in life with something and you start standing out in a way that your peers aren't used to, you become isolated. Some people call it hate is, hate has got to hate. Why can't they just be happy for me is the question. See, we talk about entering your walk with God, discovering your perfect plan. And I mentioned this on the, on the selfie video yesterday on Facebook. But we never talk about the reality of living for God and really going after it. You're going to endure some battles against some of the closest people in situations you thought would be the last ones to create Havoc on your walk. It seems like really good things in my life create adversity. But if I'm non-existent, just stay under the radar, don't pursue anything, everybody's cool with me. Wouldn't you be happy to lift up your brethren when they succeed? When you love me and I love you, wouldn't I want you to succeed and be happy for you? Wouldn't I want to encourage you and lift you up as the body of Christ? I mean, that's what the word of God says to do. But that's not what always happens. And you will experience situations like that with family, friends, coworkers, fathers and sons, daughters and mothers. It's called persecution. And we just have modernized it to be in other terms like envy, jealousy, You guys ever got something like really nice? Let me see if this has ever happened to anybody. Maybe you got 
your first house is awesome or your first car and you're like, this is awesome, it's the best ever. And then you got that one friend that starts pointing out the flaws with it and maybe they don't not only point out the flaws but they show you like, like maybe you got your first boat, I like boats, maybe you got your, your first boat and it's just like a little, like a, maybe it's like a, like a little trolley motor thing or something, whatever is good for you and you're so pumped and then they go by and they show you the newest one that has more horsepower, or they show you this boat that's bigger, that's faster, or they show you this house that's got more bling bling on it, more brick, more, more, more sugar on the cake, and they, they, they take away from the value of you. You just had all this value in something, and they, they stole that from you. They left you in the conversation feeling like mediocre again. When just a minute ago, you were on cloud nine. Don't let anybody steal what they perceive as insignificant seasons in your walk with God when God is doing a mighty work in you that doesn't pertain to them. That's why we say the perfect plan discovered just for you because it's for you. And if it's big, and if it's, if it's from God, it's big. And it doesn't matter what the world thinks is significant. It's significant if God sent it. So don't let people devalue your special revelations that God gave you, your special moments in life, your special moments with your family, your, 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 your kids, your promotions at work, whatever it is, don't let someone steal your joy because really they didn't like it. They were battling and creating you. Now you're starting to battle with this blessing like I thought this was gonna bring good. They'll downplay your seasons of significance. Oh, that's good. Don't let people downplay your seasons of significance. Some of my greatest moments with One Seat Church, nobody knows about. And if I told them, they would go, I don't get it. It's okay. It's not for you. It's for me. Some of the greatest moments of people in our church, they tell us stories and God touched them and did, did amazing things. But it wouldn't necessarily translate to someone else because they weren't in it. When you're in it, you receive it differently than when you're spectating from the sidelines. Well, you're a small church. You're just having church online. Why don't you just cancel a couple weeks and go take a trip? Because that's not what I see. I see a global church right now. I see a big church. I see God's will. And how dare I forbid the promise that God has set before me because it don't look significant enough to me from the outside. Heck no, I won't do that. That's why we're here because we believe in this. We believe it's important. Yeah, people have said that. They have downplayed the significance of what we're doing. Outsiders, it's because they're not in it. Because when you're in it, you want to win it. When you're outside, you don't care. And it affects you differently because you're looking at someone, maybe maybe I should do that. Maybe they're doing that, and so I should do that. And because I'm not, they're doing better than me, and I don't like that. And that's going to cause me to have to do better, and I, I don't like that. So when you're on the receiving end of that, it creates a feeling of isolation and loneliness in the situation. So don't sweat it, church. When you feel that, rejoice because you're not alone. You're not alone. You're gonna endure some battles for being blessed. You're gonna endure some battles for being favored. Remember the scripture said the Jews, 
judged themselves unworthy. They didn't like it. They were all good with Paul and Barnabas until the Gentiles started getting the same bread, the same holy word of God that they were getting, and they didn't like it. And all of a sudden, they expelled their own friends, their own blood, Paul and Barnabas. He says, just because you disqualify yourselves, don't downplay this season of significance to the rest of the world because God's changing them. And not only is he changing them, but they are starving for his word. It said the whole city came the following Sabbath. That's a hungry heart that causes you to come and starve for a word that you're not used to receiving. Be careful to those who get fed and stay full. That's when you start downplaying other people's seasons of significance. Other people's success can cause us to mirror our own life in comparison, like social media. My friend, Pastor Wayne, shout out Pastor Wayne, the Life Church, New York. He did something awesome one time, I'll never forget it. Because when you're a church and you're trying to market and things, you wanna show the best parts so that you can create a strong first impression. And so he went on social media, and I've seen other people do this too, other pastors, and he posted like one of the worst angles that week of one of the lowest, you know, attended services and just really showed it like it was. And he says, this is really it. The other stuff is not how it really is most of the time. And so what he was saying is social media has trained us to try to show people the best part of us that is not the real part of us. We show the highlight vacation photos, but we don't show the fights at home. We show, we show the, the, the hugging our kids out, but we don't show the spankings if you do that. Well, sometimes. We show, we show all the good parts with our job and our life and our, our happiness, but we don't show the depression, the struggles, the fears, the anxiety, the financial problems, the doubt. We don't show those things on social media because we've been taught to compare. And if, if you out-compare me, I'm going to have more problem with myself. So I'm going to battle the fact that you have been blessed because I really want to be blessed too. That will cause us to call ourselves unworthy and reject ourselves, judge ourselves, as the word says, unworthy, like the Jews did. That's rejecting the word of God. We have now rejected the word of God. Man, you know what? I can't wait till we have our normal place back so I can move around because sometimes I just want to go that way and you wouldn't see me on the camera and that'd be weird. So I can't wait. I can't wait to move. There has to be a decision in your walk when you're facing battles against the blessings you received. Am I willing to transition followers? How many likes did you get? How many retweets did you get? How many re, re Instagram? How many regrams did you did you get? Did they share your story? Yeah. Did they tag you? Hey, are they calling you out? Are they putting comments on your thing? Are you willing to transition followers for favor? Because in the end, favor matters, and followers don't. We're out to set a mission to have people follow Christ, not our individual selves. When this earth shall pass away. We pray that God remembers our name and that the world remembers his name. That's the mission. So we have to be willing as leaders for God's kingdom, like Paul and Barnabas, to go anyway. 
and transition followers for his favor. It's a choice. Who do I want more? Them to think good of me because I'm like them? Or am I willing to risk a few who can't handle it to keep the minority to show them I live for him? If I'm blessed by God, what worry do I have to carry with me? I can't compromise my faith because of hate and envy. Maybe I've done that. Has anybody ever done that? Been on the other side? You know, you, you felt good about yourself until someone else did better. Now you're the one. Maybe you're not receiving the persecution. Maybe you're the one giving it. Maybe we're not David, but we're Saul. I love that sermon. It's not mine. Sometimes we're the opposing party and we're only used to being the victimized party. But maybe if we look carefully, we are the party persecuting our own brethren. We're the own party kicking Paul and Barnabas out of the church because they took the word to somebody we thought was not worthy. But we have to be willing to transition our followers for favor. And when I receive the blessing, I can endure the battle. It says that the Gentiles, in parallel with the Jews having a fit, can we say having a fit? The word says they were just having a fit. As the Jews were having a fit, the Gentiles were multiplying, receiving the Holy Ghost, being filled with joy, being filled with the Spirit, and multiplying to the ends of the earth in parallel. You see, you can choose to enjoy the blessing or only notice the battle because a lot of times they're in parallel. You're going to be blessed, and you're going to maintain battles. I, I saw this. This is really weird, but this is how I think. And we're going, you know, we like to go to the lake, and my wife likes to pack up all the junk, like all the best junk snacks she can find, you know, to make me really fat because that's what I need is more fat on this fat body. No, I don't need more fat. I'm trying to work out. Anyway, if you haven't, if you notice and you think I'm looking, no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so she got, she got um, this bulk size of Pringles, but... They're in little bite-sized containers. So I thought, that's good. That's a, that'll preach good. Because here's this big problem of the potato chip addiction. But if you manage the potato chips in little bite-sized containers, you can handle it. You've spread it out a bit to diversify, to, to, to lessen, to diffuse the impact of the potato chip takeover, if you're like me at midnight, Ooh, I like original. Ooh, but they're only like one little thing. So, so when I'm trying to manage my battles while I'm enjoying my blessings, I have to keep them in bite-sized manageable chunks and not take it in as one big heap. Or it can override my blessings. The chips aren't as fattening when I keep them in these little containers versus if I eat the whole normal family size. You know what I'm saying? Okay, anyway, we'll move on past that. When I receive the blessing... I can endure the battle. It takes a turn. It takes a turn and it takes a decision. Am I willing to transition those who follow me? And guess what? If they left you when you did something good for God, they didn't love you anyway. They weren't really your friends anyway. Oh man, I had so many good friends that left me when I started the church. Well, last I checked, that's not what friends do. Oh, I had so many good friends when I got promoted 
and we bought that new house. Not me, I'm just saying anybody. Or when we got that new car or whatever. I had so many friends and then they just disappeared. Maybe they weren't who I thought. And that's okay. Because at this stage in my life, I'm willing to transition followers for favor. It takes a turn. And even though my audience may change, God's message doesn't. Even though I went from speaking to Jews to Gentiles, the word of God hasn't changed. They have to deal with their own hearts. The Bible says they shook it off. Verse 51 says, but they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium, up in Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. What'd they do when the battle came and they knew they were blessed? They shook it off. Touch your neighbor, tell them, just shake it off. Just shake it off. It's not permanent. If you endure persecution, rejoice, says the word. Shake it off. Don't worry, God blessed your battle. You've got this. And when you receive the blessing, you can endure the battle. When the dust gets stirred up, and they're at it again. Here they are again. Oh, something else good happened again to me and our family. And this good thing, God just keeps taking care of us, and they don't like it. And here it is again. Just, just sweep it up and shake it off. Just sweep it up into the spiritual dustpan and shake it into that big old trash can because it's dirt, and it's not going to affect you because you're blessed, and you have the favor of the living God of all creation. No man can affect that blessing. You can rise above it. You have favor. Point to yourself, say, I have favor. When I serve God, I have favor. Say it together, when I serve God, I have favor. Even when I don't serve God, sometimes I still have favor from God. That's called grace. Joy wins. When I feel the battle coming, remember the Gentiles still were filled with joy, the Bible says. Joy wins. The Holy Spirit wins. It don't stop moving. It don't stop moving because they were irritated with Paul. The Holy Ghost doesn't stop moving because the Jews didn't like it, that God was touching Gentiles. That's not how it works. God wins. God has the victory. The joy keeps filling. The Holy Spirit keeps filling. If it bothers them, then rejoice because God's doing something special in your life. If you could stand with me, this morning. The Bible says to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And at the time, they did as much as they could. As far as they knew the ends of the earth were, they went. They didn't let anybody stop them from doing what God said. And so I want to encourage you this morning to don't let anybody stop you from doing what God said because that can be the biggest mistake of your life. Oh, let me tell you, when the enemy who uses people, remember God and the enemy, they, they work through people. When the enemy uses people to tell you you're not good enough to be doing what you're doing, you don't deserve that, you should, you should be ashamed of yourself, how dare you do good things for God? Do you know what you've done in the past? Say, I don't have a past. I've been made new. God let it go, so I do too. God forgot my sins when I became new. So you can't tell me about my past because I don't know you like that. 
you don't know me like that. God doesn't know me like that. It's gone. Not only did he forgive me, but it's actually gone. So I don't want to hear about it, devil. Go back to hell, devil. I've got this. I've got this. I will not compromise my faith. I will not compromise my walk. Because I only got one shot in this life to give it my all for his kingdom. And when I recognize my mission is to extend his gospel, I'm going to look at church different. I'm going to look at life and death different. I'm going to look at people different. I'm going to look at really annoying people different. The ones I would never speak to. Now I'm going to bless them. Ooh, I can't believe that. But that's what God will do. He'll change your heart from being a hater to a blesser. And then when you receive the battle or someone else receives the battle, you know what it feels like. So you can tell them how to live in their blessing. You can lift them up and tell them it's okay. I went through that. I know how you feel. But as the body, we're here to lift each other up. And I lift you up. And you don't have to be alone. And because they left you, I won't. I love you no matter what because we are one we are the body of Christ God we come to you right now in your mighty name we're so thankful God that you change everything without our understanding that you give it to us differently than we plan because if we always relied on what we planned we're really saying we have no faith so I, lo I love it God and we're thankful God that you deliver things in a path that's crooked and, and, and zigzaggy and different than what we expect because we have to really use our faith to follow in those seasons and that's what's bringing us closer to you God that's what's bringing us closer not what anybody else thinks not what anybody else sees what's, what's bringing us closer to you is us following when we don't want to, when, us, when we follow, when we don't understand, and when we know to rejoice and be filled with joy for the blessing, even when the battles are at us, and when we know how to diffuse the battle, they will fade away and not affect us anymore, and we can laugh them off because the devil is a liar, and when people think they're going to get the best of me, that I'm going to laugh them off because I've got a Jesus in me that overrides any principality of darkness, any, any attempt to steal my joy. I can laugh laugh it off because I've been here before because I know the word because it keeps me strong you are the rock God and I stand strong on your foundation that has no cracks God keep us strong this week as we go into another week God let us stay safe let us remember our calling that we were meant to move to the ends of the earth as this church and nothing everybody say together nothing will stop us from promoting the gospel and then the house of God could say in Jesus name amen